Hey, listeners, welcome to the second ever, to my knowledge at least, Big Footy, Footy Jumpers and Graphic Design Podcast. I'm Dean. You'll probably know me best as Freight Train, and I'll be your host for this episode. Tonight, we'll be going over a number of footy-related design topics, including merchandise and apparel for real-life clubs, design and concept development um, for some of the designs on the forum and things like that, and, yeah, some of the upcoming and current competitions on the forum. Before we go any further, let me introduce my guests for tonight's episode. First, welcome to Adam, who you'll all know better as El Scorcho. Welcome to the show, Adam. G'day, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Very excited to chat about some footy design. That's what we're here for. Um, for everyone, for the 10 people listening at home, uh, yeah, let, let people know a bit about yourself, whether it's as a designer uh, or real life or whatever. I'm a, uh, a 34-year-old father of two from Adelaide. Um, I've always, uh, I guess, sort of been into sports design, starting as a kid, uh, you know, designing creator teams on sports games, that, and then uh, finding this forum in my uh, early 20s, in about 2007, uh, really got me into it. So, yeah, uh, love it as a hobby. Nice. Old timer, 2007. Jeez. Um, yeah, it's a long innings. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, the guy who you all know as Dylan. It's Dylan. How are you doing, Dylan? I think that's actually Dylan 8, you know, oh. just for the people who might be confused. There is a Dylan 82 on the, like, when I try and tag you, there's actually a Dylan 82 who frequents the West Coast Forum, and it gets a bit confusing. He's biting on my style. I'm really not happy with that. <laughs> How are you doing, man? Yeah, very good, man. Too easy. Um, yeah, let people know a bit about yourself, uh, what you're about. And yeah. yeah, I guess as anyone on the forum, and I'm a Port fan uh, based in Melbourne, which I guess is a bit weird, but... It is what it is, you know, when you're a kid and you like teal growing up, there's only one choice, you know? I know exactly uh, what you mean. Port, just, Port was my um, second team growing up just because the teal. It was like such a appealing colour as a kid. Oh, yeah. For all the sort of talk about going to the black and white uh, prison bars, you know, the teal is like one thing that drew me as a kid. And now I'm like, come on, bring back the bars, bring back the bars. It, it's it's such a harsh irony. Um, I guess we'll get into it later in the show, but like... Teal is such a great sporting colour and it works so well, but obviously the bars just kind of outrank it. I really wish any other club wore teal and then it's it's a tough one. These are the things that occupy my mind every day. It it keeps me up at night. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, um, last but not least, welcome Spencer, uh, who you all know as Spanner. How's it going? Yeah, good. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Sweet. Uh, Yeah. Tell the very few listeners at home about yourself, man. Yes, I'm Spencer. I'm 18. I'm a student. And uh, I've just been designing football jumpers pretty much ever since I can remember. I've always had an interest in the sort of design aspect of sport, whether it's cricket or soccer or whatever. Pretty much been on the board for a really long time now. I probably don't want to work out how long or how <laughs> old I was when I joined. But, yeah, sweet. Looking forward to this. Excellent. Um, awesome. Um, I'll guess i'll quickly go over some yeah i'm i'm dean i'm 26 i'm a graphic designer here in perth um ever since i can remember i was drawing soccer jerseys and footy jumpers in my scrapbook and things like that uh, my parents used to tell me that it would never go anywhere and i should focus my efforts elsewhere and now i'm a professional you know apparel designer so haha yeah take that mum <laughs> take that <laughs> mum and dad take that <laughs> Uh, no, but anyway, uh, we'll move on to our first topic. Um, 
And this one, it's gone from being a niche jumper design story to now, I guess, in this last week, a campaign with national coverage. Whether you call them the prison bars or the wharf pylons, it's the story of Port Adelaide's home Guernsey. We did touch on this back in the first episode last year. Um, However, I wanted to bring this up first, especially having two Port fans on the show tonight. Um, I I guess I'll start with um, you guys. What what's the significance to um, firstly I'll start with you Dylan what's the significance to you as a fan? Well you know it's funny obviously being from Melbourne and not really having that grasp uh, not having that family background in Port Adelaide it, it, it took a while for it to me to be ever you know to be evident to me that about the, the history of the Magpies and um, and that great jumper but you know as you learn about that jumper you learn about the history it obviously it's a, such an awesome design. Uh, just standing alone, but you just look at all those clips, all those highlights, all those premierships, and you think, like, it means so much. It is kind of the core identity of that club. So I think this sort of this sort of petition, this movement, this grassroots movement to bring it back um, is just so encouraging and so awesome. It's been a really good, uh, really good to watch its development up until, I guess, last night when, I guess, this week when we wore it in the showdown again, and then uh, last night when the club officially launched a petition um, to, to sort of say we want to wear this in all showdowns and we want to wear this in the future. We want to sort of govern our own right to, to set our own identity. Um, you know, it's been awesome to watch that development. It's sort of coming to a head now. Yeah, it's um, it's been great to watch. Um, I myself, you know, I, between West Coast getting absolutely rolled by the Gold Coast, I did tune over to the showdown and oh, it's just such a beautiful jumper. It's great to see. Um, I'll also go to you, Adam. You, you yourself are a Port fan as well and Adelaide-based. What do the bars mean to you, man? Uh, I was uh, being taken to Alberton by my parents from uh, as long as I can remember, a toddler, basically. And I think the bars have always felt a lot more Port Adelaide. Um, I remember when we joined the league, uh, there was a lot of sort of consternation amongst the older fans that we were moving away from the bars and, and then every time we've worn them, which has been obviously several times over the last couple of decades, um, there's been a really palpable excitement um, about about the Guernsey and what it means for us. I think we've had some uh, some identity crisis type issues over our um, over the course of our time in the league, which are now mainly resolved. But uh, I think it's always felt like the poor Guernsey. Um, you know, our, our current Guernsey is a nice footy design, but we've never won a final in our current home Guernsey. So it's never really taken on that sort of iconic status. And um, it's looking more and more like that initial decision to force Port away from the bars in 1997 was a mistake. Um, You know, what's the point of bringing a club with all that history into the league and then they don't even look like Port? Yeah, 100%. I agree with that completely. I mean, the whole point of bringing Port in and, this also goes with the you know Adelaide coming in um, instead of Port back in the early 90s and all of everything that happened around that. But you bring in a club specifically for its history and then you say it was established in 1996 or 1997, whatever they refer to it as. It always confuses me whether it's the establishment year or the first year played. But you take a club that's now, as of you know this year, you've got 150 years of history and you just... Uh, you, you, you 90s it up with a teal as much as I love it. Um, yeah, it's definitely a missed opportunity, in my opinion. Um, Spencer, um, obviously you're a fellow Eagles fan. What are your thoughts as an outsider? 
Yeah, definitely as a supporter of the national or true national competition, just seeing the Port Adelaide jumper, like the prison bars, certainly to me, it just represents history. And obviously it looks fantastic as as a jumper on its own. But then also unites like the sort of one club aspect that you were just like touching on then. Definitely a crucial part of the identity of the uh, the football club, the most successful club in Australian football history, you know. That sort of history that's represented in the jumper and, yeah, that certainly carries across as a supporter here in Perth. Yeah, 100%. I completely agree with you, man. Um, I, as I was mentioning before, I was always I was in two minds about it, and even up until recently, I thought that the bars should come back as a one-off, you know, maybe once or twice a year, which is the current petition. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking they should bring back that '90s the side bolts. I loved that design with the white, you know, the white bolts, the teal bolts, the white bolts. So it's, uh, I think I, I think that's one of the best footy designs as well. Port have just been blessed with so many great designs, but oh, it's some some it, pretty it, bad ones as well. I reckon some some, pr- some shockers as well, admittedly. Um, but just the color scheme and the lightning, it works so well. There's so many ways to make it work. But if you and you touched on this, Spencer. Like for a truly national league, you got to you really got to take into account the history of Port Adelaide. And people will say, "Oh, but they wore magenta at the start. They wore sky blue. It doesn't really matter because they're, you know, a century's worth of success or exactly. close to worn in the bars through mm-hmm. world wars, through depressions, through whatever else that was." you know, a totem of South Australian football. I think you touched on something pretty important there about how um, it is like a national national competition. I think it would be a real sign of sort of uh, maturity if of the league if, if Port Adelaide was sort of uh, yeah, allowed absolutely. to, to use, that, yeah. use that jumper as they, as they would like because, you know, it's, it's a sort of like when they came into the league, it was understandable, justifiable at least to say, look, we want you to move away from that Magpies identity. But it's it's been over 25 years now, and you think none of this none of this sort of uh, movement has been about retaking the Magpies um, moniker. It's never been about that. It's always been about the the unique jumper design. And as if if we can, as a sort of code, accept that we can have teams sharing similar but also distinct designs. And be mature about it. Then I think it shows a sort of great progress as a sort of national league. Yeah. Just shows the, um, the sort of respect that uh, obviously it, the AFL came from the VFL and the Victorian League was the biggest league. But uh, that respect for especially South Australian and Western Australian football that has uh, just as much history as Victorian football does. And yes, we all acknowledge uh, that um, the, the Victorian Football League was the biggest league and became the AFL. And it's, it's one continuous league. But uh, if you really want to embrace football beyond the borders of Victoria, this would be a great way to start, I think. 100%. Yeah, Honestly, as a West Perth supporter in the Waffle, um, if, they, if West Perth were ever going to come into the AFL, I would not want our identity to be compromised in the sort of way that Port Adelaide's had to. I mean, obviously, initially had to be done as a concession of entering the competition. But, you know, the prison bars is the Port Adelaide jumper, as you were saying. Like, it represents the club. It's like such an important part of their history, you know. 100%. Yeah. That's it. Um, I just wanted to touch on real quick before we move yep. on from uh from the prison bath thing, just about the sort of immediate developments of it. Obviously, 
uh, when it was worn at the showdown this week, and that's the first time we've seen it since 2014, so six years, which is it's probably the longest we've gone actually in the AFL without wearing that jumper, even even though we've only worn it about five times. And uh, as of last night, the, the the club launched an official petition. Um, so there was already a grass movements petition, which got about 10,000 signatures. The club launched an official petition last night. Um, it's already, like, as we speak, I'll check it now. It's I think at, it's at 17,000 as of me checking before. 21,000 right Jeez, so wow. I, I checked, it's, like, two hours ago. That's crazy. No signs of slowing, that kind of thing. And it's sort of it's sort of a, a good landmark for us because it's, it's an official acknowledgement from the club that it's it's been pushed into the public sphere. It's been timed awesomely, I think. You know, like, the... The national audience has been starved of footy for months. We had a national audience on Channel 7 on Saturday night to watch our, our biggest win over Adelaide ever in the prison bars. I think you couldn't have asked for a better platform to sort of launch your public assault. And now, uh, since it's happened, obviously, it's, it's become a kind of Eddie Maguire versus Port Adelaide thing. And I think that kind of bodes well in terms of getting the football public uh, on side. It doesn't even feel like a Collingwood pushback. It feels like a purely Eddie Maguire thing. Yeah. So I think we've sort of we've got this sort of edge, you know. Obviously, there's a lot a lot of work to be done now, but I think we sort of have the edge, and I think any sort of traditionals will, will be happy with these developments that are happening. Yeah, I, I like that you bring up uh, Eddie there because that was, I guess, the last thing I wanted to touch on with the bars. Um, is there a legitimate argument from Eddie and the people that are, uh, I guess, backing Eddie's argument that it's infringement, in your opinion, guys? I'll let you go, Adam. Uh, sorry, what I uh, just missed that last bit. <laughs> um, do you yeah, think there's a, any any sort of legitimate argument from Eddie here? Is the magpie uh, look, gimmick being infringed on? Eddie's, um, Eddie's trying to protect Collingwood's brand, um, but he's just a scattergun approach, and that, that's the way he does everything he does. He's big, bold, brash. There's not a lot of nuance or consideration for anyone else. He just says, Collingwood will wear black and white. I don't want another team in black and white. And he just throws everything in the media he can and throws his weight around to protect Collingwood. You know, it, it's not the worst thing to do as a um, as the, the president of a footy club, but um, obviously he says a lot of dumb stuff as well, so that should work in our favour. I don't think there's a legitimate argument. Um, there's leagues all over the world where teams, big famous teams, share colours. So, uh, you know, there, there's no legitimate argument that overcomes the positive arguments there in the bars moving forward. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Dylan, Spencer, have you guys got anything to add on to that? Uh, just just about, I think um, Adam touched on this when we were when we were just bringing this topic up, that the sort the sort of uh, the legal argument there is that well the AFL actually own all club copyrights so effectively they own everything so it does there's there is kind of no copyright clash there and the designs are different so in terms of having a leg to stand on there isn't really one if maybe if we were you know if we were pushing to become the magpies again exactly, obviously yeah there'd be more friction but there really isn't a leg to stand on I don't think. No, yeah, you're a hundred percent right. In in my opinion, at least, no one's, uh, yeah, no one's trying to come, um, come at the Magpie brand. Port aren't, and, and they've stated this, I think, in their article today with you know, their, their little fact sheet, and it was like, we fact, we are not trying to become the Magpies of the AFL. Yeah, Collingwood, that, that was that, signed that's, off. That's a concession. That's that a reality. That was signed off by David Kosh uh, himself, yeah. I believe. So that, yeah, that was good to see. I think. Yeah. Spencer, have you got anything to add on this as well? No, nah, yeah, I just reckon, um, yeah, I don't think he really has a leg to stand on, to be honest. 
yeah, that's basically all I have to say <laughs> on that. Too easy. Um, my, yeah, my opinion's pretty um, laid it out. Yeah. I'd have to yeah. Say. Uh, I guess I'll finish on this, at least from my standpoint. I, I understand to a degree where Eddie's coming from. It's a case of this is the Collingwood brand. It's my job as the CEO to protect it. But the reality is, and I've made this point in so many rants on this board, I'm sure there's about five of them you could quote. It's not actually going to hurt Collingwood's brand. Port will still have teal as a branding colour. Port will, will have clash jumpers. There were no clash jumpers 20 years ago or when it, 30 years ago. I'm feeling old now. Um, you know, when it, when it all started, there was... It, so it made sense then to be like, all right, you can't wear the bars because it's going to be a black and white team versus a black and white team. But Port can, you know, if it's a if it's a Port away game, just wear teal or wear silver or wear an inverse or whatever. There's just actually no negative impact here on the pies. There will be no, there won't be people watching um, Port Adelaide games for 20 minutes and then realizing, oh, I'm not watching Collingwood. There yeah, won't be people accidentally 100%. buying Port Guernseys thinking they're Collingwood Guernseys. Yeah, there won't be of, any yeah, of that. Disrespecting everyone's intelligence by suggesting otherwise. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I know there's stereotypes, but uh, we'll, we'll avoid those. And, we'll, we'll, you know, perfectly reasonable people here, Collingwood fans, they're, they're not going to be mis, misled by two teams wearing black and white. No one watches a Manchester no. game and thinks they're watching Liverpool. Nobody watches a Melbourne City game and thinks they're watching Sydney. There are so many examples in almost yeah. every global league. No one watches a Chicago game and thinks they're watching Toronto. You know, there's, it, in almost every major sporting league, there are teams that share colours. It does not matter, end of the day. Yep, I think everything that needs to be said about that kind of, I guess, has already been covered to death, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You're almost trying to want this whole saga to be over just so we can um, move on from it. Exactly. Um on the topic of the prison bars, though, uh, wharf pylons, whatever you want to call them, this actually works well to move into our next topic. Um, this more relates to the designers on the forum who are listening. This is a good example for us to, uh, I guess, you know, three designers or four designers who have won major competitions on the board. Um, I wanted to really touch on design and concept development today. And I just wanted to open on this. The prison bars are, any, are a perfect example of Guernsey concept development. On this note, so, whoops, sorry. On this note, I'd say there are about there, there are two perfect Guernseys in the league that sum up a gimmick. And I'm going to use this word a lot: a gimmick. There's the prison bars and there's the wings. The prison bars are a gimmick. Well, that's why they're called the wharf pylons. They're obviously supposed to represent the wharf at Port Adelaide, the pylons along the jetty there. Um, and then you've got the West Coast Guernsey, which it's, it, it, again, it's a gimmick design. It's supposed to represent the shape of wings. And that's, I really want people to think about this and think about this when they're doing their designs. Because, you know, end of the day, the main thing what we try and do, we try and take a, you know, take a design, take an idea and turn it into a footy jumper. We try to find a creative way to make it into a simple enough element for a footy jumper. And those two points are just, those two Guernseys as real life examples are perfect. Um, I'll, I'll give some examples on the board. Currently in the MSFL, you've got Brighton, the boys, and that's a perfect example of a gimmick. Fancy Scum has nailed that. It's a gimmicked design. It's still a simple enough footy jumper. 
it's stripes. It's it, it you know it's it's the most basic footy jumper concept you can ever have. It's stripes, but it's done with the gimmick of Brighton, the little seaside villas with the wooden wooden paneling. It's perfect, and there are so many great examples in a number of the competitions. Um, but I just really, if you're wondering at home, all right. How do I improve my designs? How do I go further in these competitions? How do I get to that next step? Look at what you're designing. If you're just doing a sash or a V or a chevron or a yoke and doing some colours and thinking about, you're like, all right, that looks like a good footy jumper. you got to go that next step. What we do, uh, so I'll get to you guys in a second. I realise I'm ranting here a bit. Um, (laughs) you got to think of what we do like a fashion show. You, you see the runway shows, and most of these things people would never wear in real life. But it's about pushing the limits of design and then finding ways that that pushes into actual reality. And, yeah, I've just such an important part is just trying to find a gimmick that works for your design and finding a way to integrate that into a footy jumper. Um, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll finish my rant there and I'll go to you guys, obviously all three of you successful designers on the board and in your own right. I'll start with you, Spencer. When you are putting together a design, how do you approach it and what sort of advice would you give uh, fellow designers? Yeah, so basically my sort of um, development begins with the basic drawing up of the design, whether it's on paper or it's on Snapchat. That's actually a very accessible way of me being able to do it. You just go and have a quick squiggle, do the main design jumper element. Like, yeah, pretty much. The inspiration comes from various forms for me, or whether it's like uh, like a graphic I see on social media or something like that, or album art. I think my... He was 2017 Alice Springs Pirates jumper. was actually inspired by some uh, album art from the Strokes. So it was pretty cool. That's a bit of a little interesting fact. Don't think anyone really cares. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) most of my designs are actually like stripes or chevrons. But as we're talking about the gimmicks, I always try and um, build upon an existing design element to try and like make it look, you know, a bit more specky, I suppose. That's industry term there. So, yeah, that's what I kind of do. Like, I've, for my the, like the Seattle design I did, that's pretty much a example of a gimmick. It like being built into a design, like using the existing imagery of like the blue and the green of the sporting teams around that sort of um, like area of the city itself, and then using the chevrons to like incorporate the space needle. And, yeah, that's pretty much a prime example of using the gimmick. A lot of other designs, as Dean touched on, sort of look at that. That's pretty much my sort of uh, process, yeah, I suppose. Uh, And I also just try and... uh, Yeah, I try and do the jumper a few different times. So I like chucking on different templates just (laughs) to sort of have a look at, um, yeah, just how it looks. That's pretty much, yeah, that's the sort of process I go through. Yeah. yeah, that's um, I'm a hundred percent the same. I have when it comes to doing the design a bunch of times. Um, I'm sure by now Adam and Dylan are sick of it. But whenever I start a design, I put about thirty different um versions of it in the group chat. I'm just always <laughs> sending. It's like here's my original concept. Um, and just every little step of the way. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's so many. Yeah, I have so many different um. Yeah, like little, uh, rejected that, little, that little notification on uh, Messenger that just says seen, that's kind of what the response is. You know. 
yeah, <laughs> it's usually seen by you. I love it. Thank you very much. Um, uh, I'll move on to you, Dylan, when you're approaching a design and you're, uh, I, I feel like you're almost one of the most underrated designers on the forum. I just want to say, like, it is unfair that you haven't won more competitions. Like, it's uh, always been so good. And you always do so well with incorporating a gimmick or imagery or a concept into your Guernsey. So I'd love to hear how you approach things. Thanks, mate. That's really nice of you to say. Um, I think I think we, you touched on um, the prison bars and the wings, but I think the two for me, they kind of symbolize what would go well, if they didn't exist in the real world, if what would go well in a, in a footy jumpers competition would be uh, the St. Kilda cross design for the 90s and the, and the 90s bounding kangaroo, the North Melbourne jumper. Those are two ones which for me uh, are kind of archetypes of what make a cool, unique uh, footy jumper. Yeah, great points. I think um, I think they've got they've they've got obviously uh, a great couple of sets of colours. Um, you know, the reds, the primary colours, white and black are always always good. They always work really nicely. Yep. But they've just got they've got a symbol in the middle. I think what you called it a gimmick, I guess. But what what I would say is sort of similar, but you know, equally important is have a symbol, have a focus. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, kind of. I think that. The most, you know, obviously you got the kangaroo and the bounding kangaroo, the yeah. cross. I think the most successful um, thing I ever did on the board, which I think ended up losing to one of your things. Sorry. Was the 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 fox, my uh, the Melbourne foxes and the naffle. That, that was beautiful. That's oh, the main. Yeah, that knocked me out of the naffle. <laughs> Yeah. It was yeah, it was really? a nice looking piece of piece of gear if I do say so myself. But obviously the focus there was uh, the logo, the fox. That yep. that you give it a focal point. You know, obviously you can do a design that has a chevron, it has uh, stripes. But if, unless there's something drawing your eye, it might as well just you know it's like it's the it's the Collingwood stripes versus prison bar thing. It's like what's a more interesting design? Uh, a generic just full stripes it's a nice it's strong design but it doesn't catch the eye as much as the sort of the prison bar would i guess um so i think when i'm making a jumper i always try to find a central focus in a symbol um and then i kind of just try and play it with that i mean the first year i did the foxes i think it was the first year or the second year i just had the fox logo and then a kind of stripe a bar kind of stripe yoke and the next year which was more successful I just move those bars down to the bottom of the jumper and, you know, just switch it up a little bit, just a little bit, but it changes the design so much. So you've got a, a symbol and you've got a main classic design piece, yeah. like a sash or a chevron or stripes. That's that's all you really need. It's just about making the cool things, making things look cool. It's it's not overly complex, really. Yeah, I think exactly. the, second, yeah. the second sort of thing I sort of draw from is a sort of what makes a cool soccer shirt. I think um, yes. that's what sort of innovation is in design. And it's those motifs and those patterns, especially those stemming from the, the sort of 90s gear, uh, obviously yeah, yeah. something we all like to look at and reference, yeah. especially the sort of a lot of the Italia 90 World Cup kits. Yeah. I think my favourite kit of all time is probably everyone's, but it's that, that Germany shirt. The 1990. That, yeah, that yeah. Yeah. that yeah. 1990. I ripped that off so bad the last fire competition for Moscow. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, I ripped that off so hard. Era, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that and I was just like, I've just got to do that. Like, it's a different sort of um, like take on the chevrons. I was like, hell yeah, that's gonna look awesome. It's not the worst design. I was, I think I posted it the other day. The um, my my Leipzig, um, 
Oh, yeah, the wings. The Leipzig wings. Things. And I was going through that folder of all my things, and one of my drafts was sort of that color scheme, that black and, and green and, and whatever. But it was with the same, mm, exactly the same design from Italian IT because I was just like, I just want to steal this. It's so good. Oh, yeah. But, but what it is, is it's just a kind of a weird, it's it's pretty simple on the face of it, but it's so unique. It's like asymmetric, a bit of a riff on what would probably regularly be just the Chevron design. It's a really, yeah. it's a really cool sort of starting point i guess yeah and it's that and the sort of the patterns i think patterns are essential to make it anything a bit more interesting i think adidas released their um their iax away kit uh for next season and it's it's kind of like it has all the classic hallmarks of adidas it's a, a sort of noisy gradient um pattern and that's that's all you need to do to just make things a bit more interesting just rather than just having a plain background as your as your jumper design, give it a bit of a you know a, a motif or a pattern in it. It just makes things a lot more interesting. Yep, absolutely, yeah, completely true. agree. I I like both things that you've brought up, Dill. Are two things that I take into account uh, completely when I put my designs together. And if you look back through my designs, you'll be able to see both. You you talked about the central motif, and if Kragus is listening, he's going to hate this. Whenever he asked me for feedback, I always gave him one piece of advice, and I think I stole it from MasterChef. They always talked about a hero element <laughs> in a dish. So I always talked about a hero element on the Guernsey. You need a hero element, whether it's the monogram, whether it's the fox, whether it's the kangaroo, yeah. whether it's the, the cross on the crusader. You need a hero element. You can't just put together stripes on a Guernsey and be like, here we go. So... Yeah. I'm glad yeah. you brought that. You, you did a great job of describing exactly why it's important. That's great. That's a good, that's a good way of putting it, the hero thing. Just, just make it yeah. a focal yeah. point. That's all you really e- need. Exactly. Yeah, if anyone's going to get anything out of this, 100%, it's that you need the focal point. And then you've just got to build off it. And once you've got that, you've got a, you're on a winner, pretty much. Exactly. Work backwards from your hero elements. Um If, like, if you chuck your hero element on as a last-minute thing, sometimes it might work, but... You want you want the main focal point to be that, and then you want to design around it to something that draws the eye to that and works in unison with it. If that makes sense. Anyway, um, last but not least, we have uh, Adam, and he's got one of the perfect examples of this. Back when you won Naffle, you had the uh, the Waikato. Is it Waikato? I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, I think it's Wakato or something like that. You had the tiger stripes through, and that was just a great example. Yeah, I I tried to sort of I, I say Wakato, but I, I I'm just guessing as well, just reading it off a page. Uh, it was actually interestingly my second back when we used to bid for N, uh, NFL uh, franchises. That was my second bid, but that's the one that I got picked. So oh, it's yeah. just worked there, and I'm, I'm about to design my eighth eighth iteration from it so it's been good but yeah um just sort of trying to incorporate some sort of stripe design um because what's the point of being tigers if you don't have stripes so i've tried to do that a little bit more over the last few years after sort of ignoring it in my first couple um but yeah look touching on uh afl guernseys that do uh concept development well um the only one that i i'd like to mention that hasn't been mentioned so far is the sydney home guernsey I was going to say that, yeah, oh, yeah 100%. Cool. They, yep. they, they moved up to, obviously, from South Melbourne, where they had a, a white Guernsey with a single red chevron up to Sydney. They kept that sort of basic design with a yoke, but with a chevron shape, and then they incorporated the uh, little opera house slash swan feathers sort of logo thing in the middle, and that's that sort of hero element on that design. That is hero element, one of, like, the most underrated yeah. sort of 
strips, I yeah. reckon, in terms Absolutely. of how cool it is. It's, it's worked so well into something that looks like an existing South Melbourne vibe um, and yeah. gives them a really good colour balance, that, you know, nice contrasting red and white. They don't introduce too much else, um, and they keep that throughout their design. So that's probably my favourite in terms of um, where you look, the ones that have been mentioned, apart from, obviously, uh, the, the, the bars, the wings, and the, the bounding roof, that sort of thing. Um, so that's another good example of, of taking that hero element and putting it into a classic-looking footy design. Um, and that's usually the sort of stuff that gets votes on on the competitions. Um, I guess in terms of my approach uh, to design, usually my designs will grow out of uh, mucking around. I follow a lot of um, design, sports design stuff on on social media, so I'm constantly seeing stuff on Instagram and Facebook about uh, you know different things that people are doing, and you know um, you you borrow from that. You think, oh, that's a cool concept. Maybe I could apply that to something else. Wait, 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 wait. borrow. That's a fun yeah. word to say. Steal. My um my. My Waikato Guernsey from last year, my home Guernsey, uh, I got the idea of how I had the stripes happening from the Adidas Predator um, boots and that the latest ones. And so if you look at those and you look at the design, you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. Um, But I just thought that sort of how they had stripes sort of flowing into each other um, was pretty cool. Um, You can almost see a bit of an Adidas stripe on the front. Um, Yeah, that's what I was saying about the inspiration sort of thing. It comes from very strange places. Yeah, um, but, but generally I'll start with I'll just have a, have an idea and I'll go on Photoshop and I'll draw something and I'll go yeah that's good or no that's not and then if I like it you build from it. Um, so for example with uh, the, the Melbourne Suburban League, um, I wanted to sort of brand around what the the league was about and I the first idea I had was one of those running um, the running mascot type logos from the nineties. And then you're thinking, okay, what hasn't been done? What's going to look enough like a logo like that that is recognisable without being something that already exists? And yeah. You get the ducks. And then from ducks, I thought, okay, what colours go? Blue and green go well with ducks. And they're not an existing design. So it's something where, where I can really sort of push my own ideas without sort of aping another design or another team's identity too much. Um, and you just sort of go from there. So that's sort of usually how I um, – how I do things. It starts from a little idea, just um, drawing something that uh, I, I think would be a cool idea or that I've got some inspiration from something else and then working on it until you get something you can use. Yeah, that's um, a great way of looking at it then. Thanks thanks for that input. You, you touched on two very good points. The first one I want to talk about, and this is at least what I do, um, you were talking about getting inspiration from social media. And I believe, Dylan, you've explored this route as well. I use Behance a lot. Like, I've got my design portfolio on Behance. Behance, Behance, whatever, you, you know, France, France, whatever you want to pronounce it. I'm more it. of a Behance guy. Behance. Like that's that's, that's a, I like that. So be, it's one of those words I think I've never actually yet. said in real life before. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's weird to vocalize it. It, it is a bit kind of like naffle. Like, does anyone actually call it NAFL? It's it's, it's like waffle naffle. Uh, I think I was, I was talking to uh, our, our good moderator, our long term board member, Gibbsy. Yeah, Gibbsy. Uh, once and he said he, he called it naffle. So I thought, wow, that that's, that's wrong. That's, that's, Gibbsy, if wrong. you're listening yeah. to this, you are wrong. It is that a is bit terrible. of a, it, it is a bit of a gif, jif kind of, yeah. you know, who's wrong? It's people <laughs> who say jif, that's obviously. Anyway, it's pronounced GIF. I just want to c- clarify that. Is that is correct. But I'll, I'll get back to my point. Um, Behance is an incredible resource if you're trying to um, get inspiration for design. There's so many talented designers on there, professional designers. 
Um, I mean, there's obviously not a lot in the way of footy design, but Dylan touched on this when he was talking um, about how he approaches design. There's so much in the way of footy design. Sorry, um, uh, football, soccer design. There's so much in the way of basketball design as well. And basketball singlets are such a great resource, especially um, when we're coming up on a competition such as Can-Am where it's about creating an Americanized design. So um, anyone listening, I would highly recommend uh, using Behance as a resource. There's also things like design football, and then you can just go on Instagram. Instagram, is, Instagram is full of stuff. It's I, I actually just started an Instagram page about a month ago for my own stuff. Um, which I, I'm going to get I gen- into that one. I generally put out that kind of stuff on big footy when I finished a project, but I've just created yeah. it. So whenever I make something, I just throw it up there and, and have a look. But I follow a bunch of people. There's a lot... There's a lot of good, um, there's a lot of good soccer design on there. Yeah. I think what what we have on Big Footy obviously is sort of a self-contained sort of niche and sort of footy jumpers, but um, soccer designs are massive. Like they're they're Absolutely. so huge. You've got it's guys who've got like sport. fifty thousand, hundred thousand followers. So if you're looking for sort of sports design inspiration, I think Instagram's sort of the way to go. One hundred percent. I completely agree. Like I um. Because I was trying to start, I mean, it still exists, I guess. I still get some jobs out of, you know, the Shield Sportswear thing. And I was doing some posting on Instagram with that. And I started following some of the fellow designers to try, you know, build my own, you know, um, following and things like that. And there's just so much great stuff. And a lot of it, you don't want to take a a soccer jersey and turn it into a footy jumper. Like, you can't really directly translate it, or at least it's very hard, but there's just so many great ideas for elements and things like that and way to incorporate colours. Um, that's that's the primary one, I think, is trying and, to come up with new colour schemes. And presentation, I think, is a big, a big oh, part yeah. of it as well. Absolutely, especially if you're going for the flat um, like the flat presentation style, which um, Adam's doing very well right now. Fancy Scum used to do. He's moved more into the 3D templates. Um, you've done the flat presentation as well quite well, Dylan. Yep. So, yeah, um, great resource to use so 100 percent agree um has um adam spent still have you guys got any other tips or tricks um for anyone else that's listening yeah just just copy Uh, just copy other people not in a way that you're just directly stealing uh that that happens a bit on the board but just yeah just look at it names just look at it just look at it just look at what what works for you guys who win all the time and just be like all right cool <laughs> identify the little things and just nail those it's it's quite simple i think once you sort of get it once you sort of that clicks for you everything else works out pretty easily yeah yeah i i completely agree with that and i, I think just don't limit yourself don't look at someone like you know um like a freight train or fancy scum and think wow they're really good start thinking about what you can do to um, to get yourself up to that level. And a lot of it is just the quality you finish, the little attention to detail type touches that, um, that, that, that the, the best designers do, that people that want to ramp up their skills can start to incorporate. Um, if someone's doing something and they're winning a lot, why aren't you doing it and what can you do to upskill yourself? There's always heaps of help on the board. I've had so much help over my long time on the board in terms of um, better templates, better presentation, better design. And we talk about it all the time. We're talking about it right now. Um, yeah. So there's always help there. you just got to seek it out and, um, you know, have a have an end goal in mind of what you want to achieve and achieve it. Um, just work hard and learn. Absolutely. Um, I don't know too many designers. Um, we just had Just Kick It. He messaged me and Fancy Scum the other day with his Can-Am design, or at least it's draft, and it's looking really good. 
But, re, re, um, you know, me and Fancy were both on that within the day. You know, we gave feedback. It's like, here's what's good. Here's where you can improve. I don't know too many designers on this board who are sitting there and like, no, I'm not going to help you. It's a hobby. We're all just, you know, we're all just trying to have fun at the end of the day. So if you've got any questions, just ask. There's so many, you know, designers that have won the competitions. If you want to know, all right, where do I need to step up to, you know, go further in these comps and win the comps, just ask us. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, yeah, just just, just want to hammer home that. Don't limit yourself. Don't think that yeah. you're, you're just a hobbyist designer. We're all, we all started out that way. Um, some of us have uh, obviously gone on to be professionals like yourself, Dean. But um, yeah, you, you start off just enjoying design and wanting to have a crack at it. And if you want to get better and you want to win competitions, you need to you know believe that you can step up and then achieve it. Yep. Yeah, 100%. I just want to quickly touch on that. Um, I wouldn't be working as an apparel designer today without Bigfooty. Um, I remember I, I started off, there was some competition to design a Melbourne City training kit and stuff like that, and that was how I started, and I kind of went away for a little bit, and then I came back with Naffle and obviously got really involved with the board. And if it wasn't for the, the portfolio that I've built, I, you know, I've essentially bypassed a university degree out of a hobby. <laughs> And that, that's really all people, you know, just keep applying yourself to it. If, if you love it, just keep applying yourself. Find ways to improve. Ask for help. I asked for help. I got help from LMAC when I was starting out. Obviously, you know, I've got, um, you know, yourself, Adam, Dylan. Shout out Spencer, to a real one, Payton. LMAC. Yeah, also one shout out to Peyton, Bacon Warrior. My, Bacon uh, Warrior, yep. My fam. But yeah, there's just, you know, there's so many resources. If you want to build yourself up as a designer, if it's what you love, just ask will help find any way to help that's it yeah um anyway I'll, I'll move on to our next topic if that's all right and dylan you've already touched on this and that was kind of my basis for this you've got your instagram and a lot of your focus is around merchandise and off-field merch and redesigning that and i really wanted to talk about this because it's such a missed opportunity from the afl and from a lot of sporting codes really is like the potential for great off-field and warm-up merchandise. If if we look back, you, you've got the Adidas and Puma stuff from the 80s and the 90s, um, for, uh, even with AFL, right? Like you think of how sought after those big AFL, sorry, the big Adidas wind cheaters are from the, from the 90s. I, I've seen some Adelaide ones and Fremantle ones go for a lot of money. I had someone ask me to redesign a Fremantle one not long ago. Um, and it's just such an untapped market almost from the AFL. Absolutely. Um, it's almost as if today's stuff is made for middle-aged dads. Like, I would not be seen – I wouldn't be caught dead wearing a West Coast ISC polo outside of a game day. Exactly. You know? exactly, exactly. You've nailed it right there. It is, it is kind of – the market is how do we sell um, how do we sell polo shirts with as many sponsor logos on it as possible, which is yeah. – not what you want. It's not what anyone outside of the game or outside of a suburban dad is going to be wearing. It's it, there's, it is a huge untapped market. I did a bit of research. Um, a friend of mine sent me uh, uh, his, his. He had this old St Kilda Adidas Originals uh, oh, yeah. track jacket, mm-hmm. and I was like, that is so awesome. Like, why does this not exist anymore? Adidas is still in the league, you know, with with Hawthorne. How come these kind of things just don't exist? And and I'll I, just start quickly. They they yeah, still carry. make the retro merch. It's still a huge range for them. 
they do it so much for soccer. Like it's Ex- ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to get to that. Just that I, I, I did a project a couple of months ago that was kind of like an Adidas um, and AFL crossover. So, you know, yep. with the geometric yeah, patterns, good. all that sort of stuff was, uh, and it was, a, they were the manufacturer of the league. And I, I did a sort of track jacket with all of them just to sort of really tie it in. And I, I was doing research on it and there's just some really cool stuff that existed in the 80s and the 90s. Like uh, Melbourne had these really good, Adidas track jackets. I think Adelaide oh, yes. more famously within the sort of, I say famously, famously within uh, you know our kind of niche. Um, yeah, uh, had, the had images his, of them winning the grand final where yeah. people celebrating in those track jackets. In, in, their, in their flag winning years, they had those really awesome um, Adidas track jackets with the big bold three stripe motifs, which was really really awesome. I think like you look at the the jackets and stuff that they sell now and and they're all just kind of really just templates they're not interesting there's nothing striking about the design that's what we guess to me there's there's nothing striking or fashionable about the design and i know a lot of people and i myself like who will just who will happily wear sports merchandise i wear um i've got some retro sort of liverpool football club stuff because that's that's the team that i follow in england (laughs) And that's and that's cool as hell. I, I, I don't consider yeah. it I don't consider it wearing sports merch. It's just a kind of bonus that it is my team. I just I, I think yeah. it's just cool streetwear. And um, you know, I think that's sort of like an untapped market in the AFL. Um, one thing that I thought was a good example recently that I was thinking about in in, in the European football was uh, Nike launched like a series of third kits for their sort of top European clubs to wear in the Champions League. Yep. And and the ad campaigns they released them with, the press releases, were all, I mean, like 90% photos of just models wearing them with street clothes in, in street sets. There wasn't any players. There wasn't any photos of players. It was just, here's how, here's how, the, here's how this shirt would look with jeans and a hoodie or, you know, like it was purely in a fashion context. And I think no one's really doing that in footy. I think there's yeah, a massive hole in it. I think soccer's done it really well over a long time with that annual uh, new shirts that they can, and that means they can keep up with the trends. So every year you've got new things that are more on the edge of modern designs. And if it's something that everyone hates, it only lasts a year. So you can be yeah. a bit more ambitious and do something a bit more trendy. Um, whereas I think in the AFL, people are obviously the Guernseys are a lot more sacrosanct. You don't change designs apart from what changes with the templates. And that sort of carried through. Um, it, it, it isn't really a wearable, fashionable icon either, you know, like a basketball jersey or a football shirt. So I think that being untouched is completely fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I think it carries through to, I think, their whole sort of um, design philosophy. I think also, yeah. I guess, the being a relatively small market compared to, say, the NBA or the you know, European soccer, they may be a little bit uh, more risk-averse in terms of what they'll design and what they'll release. Um, but I think if they'd look, they'd see that the sort of stuff that's more streetwear style uh, has been very successful at every club that's done it. I know Port's obviously a good example of that. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I wanted to touch on that at some point, um, is, is that Port is a primary example. I was actually, I was looking through it before we started this podcast. I was looking through that Port range. Like They've got a range that's just called Port, and and this is the big thing for every club. I was thinking about this on my drive home. If you if you look up this range, they've got this on their web store. They've got lifestyle range, and it's this brand that's called Port, and they've got this nice Port word mark. It doesn't look like the footy logo. It doesn't look like anything. If you're a footy fan, you know you're wearing a Port shirt. 
But if you're out on the streets, you, it's it looks like a fashion brand. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 the big thing. That that's 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 what I think a lot of us have been crying out for. That sort of um, being able to rep your team without being obnoxious and yes. you know what I mean? Like I I remember once I'd actually seen. So I live in Melbourne and I was working at a bar at the time and I saw a guy wearing one of those. Just it's just a word mark that just says port in a sort of college font. Yeah. And I, I recognized it and I said, hey, man, that's a great shirt. I just, just that little thing, just that little like, oh, a few people will recognize this. But otherwise, you can get away with it in a casual yeah. context. So I think that's what makes any good uh, footy merchandise, you know, really good, I guess. It's something that doesn't yeah. turn you into a walking billboard. Yeah. So I, think, um, I think sort of secondary and monogram type logos that aren't, you know, so in your face, um, well-known footy logos probably help help that as well. And Port's done that really well with the monogram. Uh, sort of evolving monogram type logo they've done but there's some other teams that have done quite well as well it's just about having those secondary logos and employing them and understanding what having a big primary logo represents to people that see it on the street and sort of stripping that back a little bit to get that sort of general sports leaning streetwear sort of vibe yeah 100 um for I, I mean, you guys already know this. Um, I, I'm a bit of a wrestling fan, not so much anymore, but a big fan of the, you know, the the good good old days of professional wrestling. And I, I have a few shirts, but I was very selective in how I purchased them because you don't want to be that guy that's wearing a fucking WWE shirt to the shops. Oops, sorry, I swore. I'm gonna have to edit that one out. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to be that guy though. You don't want to be wearing a WWE shirt out. But there are a few that they do, and they're really nice fashion stuff. You know, it's it's a nice word mark where if anyone knew what it was, they're like, oh yeah, that's cool. But it just goes by unnoticed. It's like, all right, that's a nice fashionable shirt. And there's just so much room for almost every club to really explore that. And it's just Port is the only one I can think of. I haven't looked through every club store. Port is the only one I can think of that's actually it's, making it's a move on that. funny that you say that as well because I was, I was quite actually I – mean, this, is, this is too much of a big topic to sort of like really expand upon right now, but just the way they – they launched that new logo um, last yeah. year, Port Adelaide, and I was so disappointed that they they didn't take the full scale uh, word mark, so the, the modular logo approach. So I think a lot of the professional NBA, yeah, MLB kind of clubs do with their merchandise range and yeah. make it really cohesive. But it's funny on the same hand that they're still actually doing better than most clubs in the AFL in terms of like actually making uh, cool merchandise that's wearable as a casual thing rather than being an obnoxious uh, wear at the games only type thing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh, yep. Sorry. No. Oh, yeah. Just, just agreeing. Yep. Completely agree. The other thing I wanted to touch on, um, and I guess it is a little bit more obnoxious, but it's also something that's um, pretty fashionable. Nostalgia. Nostalgia is fashionable. Everyone likes nostalgia. Everyone likes the good old days. And, the AFL have touched on it pretty well. They've got the first 18 range. Um, there's definitely, you know, they've definitely made some moves there. And you could get away with wearing a retro, you know, they've got the 90s mascot tees with, you know, the 90, you know, like the shield logo with the 90s mascot. And it's something you could get away with wearing on a non-game day, right? But there's just yeah. so much more room to go there. Um, I feel like they're almost missing like they've 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 scratched the surface but there's so much missed opportunity um some clubs are doing it um a a prime example and this is where um the afl has done it well they they obviously have the agreement with new era 
and they've recently released the 100-year caps where they're using the old, like the really old-school wool caps with the vintage logos. The port one, incredible with the the old double flag and the magpie. Um, that that range is really awesome. That range is exactly. really awesome. If anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, look, look up the, I think this is New Era's 100th year in existence. So they did any team that had been around for 100 years, and I think it was like 10 teams in the AFL. Yeah. And it, it, they're just awesome. And I think one of those things is with, that has gone wrong with retro ranges, I know particularly from experience in port, is that they've always used a sort of, uh, I'll use the term faux back, and not real, but a kind of pretend yeah. fake logo, and they've yep. never drawn yep. on the real merch. And with this, actually, with this, with this range, they've just actually gone to an old historical logo, which the diehards kind of know about. And I think it's just really cool. I think a new era kind of gives it a sort of authenticity as well. It does give it a, a, a certain level of cool authenticity, and I think that's the kind of 100%. step in the right direction. I think for cool merchandise. Oh, absolutely. I, I actually, uh, I have that port hat, and it has has. I did order it. It has arrived, and just the quality is really good. So it's one of it's. Yeah. As, Dean mentioned it's, it's an old, sort of an old old style baseball type cap like you might have seen someone wearing in the um, in the 1920s. So it's it is a bit uh, unusual by modern standards in terms of fit, but the quality is really good. And it, as a port supporter, seeing that logo and someone who obviously cares about our history, seeing that logo, um, which I don't think most people would immediately identify with port, um, was really good. So it's another thing like Dylan was touching on where it's it's something that you can sort of uh, you, you might pass someone seeing you like oh that's a cool hat, but not everyone's seeing it. You can wear it around without looking like you're, um, you know, being a billboard for club sponsors sort of thing. Yeah, completely. Um, on And you guys have both touched on it. And this is a personal mission of mine. I'm really frustrated that West Coast hasn't released anything retro in collaboration with New Era. I wear snapbacks almost every day. I wear them to work. I wear them out. I'm, a, I'm not bolding or anything. I just love hats. <laughs> um, but sure, all right. Yeah, <laughs> my hairline that. is completely solid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they haven't released a new era cap with the West Coast OG logo. And that's such a, f- like, because retro logos, they're so simple. They're basic elements. It works so well. And as shown with the um, the retro caps, like you got the Hawthorne monogram and things like that. It's so great. It's it's a four-panel eagle. It's so basic, it's, and you yeah, can put it, it on a cap, it, and it looks incredible. It goes back to the sort of, like, you, you sort of realise that American sports are sort of like, you know, we, we like to distance ourselves from Americanizing things yeah, and whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they're, they're streets ahead of us in terms of this kind of thing. Like, they will release so much throwback stuff. They've got a kind Street's of unique ahead, situation say. over there where kind of a lot of clubs, uh, say clubs, teams or franchises have moved cities. But they'll they'll even just acknowledge that, and they'll release yeah. stuff that's related to a city they used to play in in the fifties or something. It's like 100%. that's cool. It's cool. Yeah. It's something that it's part of the history. It's an acknowledgement, and I kind of love that about it. It's really cool, and I think you know the, the fact that they haven't done a, a West Coast uh, you know logo, original logo, ninety seven or 80, 87 logo hat is just beyond me. I think Port's been good with pushing that kind of thing. We we I think. Adam will probably know more, but I think we were the first team to have a new era hat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we did it sort of, I think our club shop sort of did it off their own backs before the AFL uh, sort of did their own line. Um, and so just the, that uh, older sort of PA monogram, which, uh, yeah, is, they don't sell them in the in the 5950s anymore. So they, they're quite uh, quite popular and sought after these days. And unfortunately, yeah. the club doesn't, doesn't sell them. 
with West Coast, I'm, I, th- I think West Coast would be the perfect club for New Era to, to try something like that with. Because West Coast sells 100%. nothing else. You're such a big club. Yep. Everything sells. Yep. The entirety of Western Australia, apart from a small pocket in Fremantle, supports you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To sell stuff out. But you're going to experiment, well, yeah. experiment on a club like West Coast. Exactly. Yeah. Of, all, of, all, of all clubs to sort of have an American approach, you know, an American kind of model. Yes. It's yes. West Coast and Adelaide. Those are the West kind Coast of. West Coast are the American. Are the, to, to, are not, the American to not use club to not use franchise of, as a pejorative, just as a sort of descriptor. Yeah. You know, not as yeah. a, it's just a. It is the way it is. It's not a an insult. You know, from from franchise us. No, no, no. You're 100 percent right. They are um, a sort of like built from nothing kind of thing. It's yeah. perfect. It makes complete sense, and it's a good thing. Completely, and I'll, t- I'll touch. So West Coast, they do a hat. So they, or they they do a range. They have they have hats where they've got the retro logos and stuff on them, right? But it's through Play Corp, you know that generic. We release the generic AFL merchandise, and which is, which because is the sort of, of that, stuff we're talking about I, is the worst, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, I I wouldn't wear that outside of a game day. I wouldn't wear it. I out wouldn't wear it shops. at a game day. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, be, be, yeah. Poor I, quality, I, physically I, I, I and aesthetically. Exactly, and I was so tempted because they released one that has the '90s mascot, which I bloody love. I absolutely love the the running mascot, similar to the duck that you were doing for MSFL, Adam. I love that logo, and they've just released a cap, but it's through PlayCorp, and it's like I wouldn't wear it. It's it's trash. I look, you know, you new era, and this is something that AFL really needs to dig deep on. And I'll I'll also push it out to NBL, although NBL do it pretty well with their Mitchell and Ness um, back when they were partnered with them. A-League, NRL, any Australian sports, release some fashionable gear that people can wear outside of a game day. Release it through a brand who has a reputation outside of, you know, generic off-field merchandise release it through new era release it through mitchell and ness release um you, you know there are there are often collaborations with um like streetwear brands and stuff for t-shirts and things like that. do that Look, sort of I'm, thing. A, I'm the guy wearing a, a classic football shirt at a bar kind of guy 100 yeah, percent. it's either a band shirt or a classic football shirt so i have yeah. my wardrobe but i want to have something that i can wear that's port adelaide that's yeah, exactly. low key, but if you know, you know that kind of thing. A hundred percent. Like I, the only thing that um, like I want to buy, I haven't bought it yet. I I did buy the blackout new era cap for West Coast, where it's the black on black. Because as much as I love the royal blue and gold of West Coast, it's pretty it's pretty garish outside of footy. Like it it's mm. it's a color scheme that it really stands out. It's not something that's really fashionable. Yeah, so there's the a reason they moved. There's a reason they moved to the Navy, I think. Yeah, yeah, to the, sell Navy, more that's polo true. the Navy. Shirts. The Navy makes sense. exactly. <laughs> to sell more polo shirts. As much as I love the royal blue and gold, and it's the right decision, um, there was definitely some. Um, there, there was definitely logic behind moving to Navy, but the black on black and you, all, all the clubs, it works so well because it's something where you can be like, all right. It's footy, but it's a little bit more fashionable. It's something you could wear out. People who are fans are going to go, oh, look, it's an Eagles cap. That's pretty cool. Or it's a Port cap. It's a Dockers cap. Whatever you, you know, whatever yeah. team. But it's but, not like a face like a, like a, t- a club colour hat would be. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I mean a true. few clubs have some good colours they can work with. Essendon, Saints, Port, Collingwood. You know, they're, they're, they're pretty block colours that are... You know, they're not if you've too got black, garish. You're onto a win. There's no, yeah, yeah, that's, so yeah. that's where it will color. Black on yeah. navy are like, pff, yeah. Easy. 
A hundred percent, yeah. It's just there's really so much room. Um, Spencer, we haven't heard too much from you on this one. Is, have you got anything to add to this? I know uh, we've already covered a yeah. lot. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think that the sort of the failure of the AFL to sort of get that sort of vi- like the old style like retro look is why I'm sort of looking to buy like more vintage sort of stuff. I know like yep. my brother for like for example, he actually has a um Instagram page, bit of a shameless plug for him, but it's called Robert <laughs> Vintage. And oh, um, I I actually I he just followed me the other day. Yeah. I want to just add a little note. Well, he's, he yeah, shared he's that uh, that Western Australia added us originals. Jumper. Yeah, with, oh, with I actually, the, I actually found that at um. That's dope. I love actually it. found that at an op shop with him the other day. Awesome. That's really funny. That that's yeah. awesome. I had You're no gonna idea. do me a good deal on it after this show, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, if you can, you know, I'll hit you up. Depends <laughs> on how much you're asking for it, and we'll uh we'll we'll talk uh, about it. We'll talk about it. After, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I actually managed to pick up one of those um '90s Eagles track jackets, and as you guys were saying before, it's just tremendous quality compared to yeah. the current merchandise. And I think like, also my brother is like a big collector of the old, um, like the premiers shirts. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The 90s sort of the premiership 90s shirts. with the big cartoons. Yeah. Like the 90s word art, but it's yeah. just such an aesthetic. Because it's it, exactly. this is what I talked about before, nostalgia, retro. It, it's fashion. Look at, um, I mean, yeah, as you know, you're on it as well. I sell some of my stuff on there. The D, is it Depop or Depop? Yeah, How do you... Depop, yep. Yeah, and it's all about vintage fashion. And vintage is everything now. There's just so much, yeah. I always, anyway, yeah, so I always wanted to end up with um, one of those, like, you know how they, all, the, all the, 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 the loser merchandise sort of somehow finds <laughs> <laughs> to Africa? I, always, always, yeah. I would always love to get, like, a 2007 Port yeah, Adelaide Premier. <laughs> how much did they lose by 100 points? But... It's not worth win. talking about. Listen, I'm I'm Look, already the, upset the, that I brought it up. That would be the <laughs> it would be funny. Literally, is, that would be the greatest piece of merchandise ever. Brandon, Brandon, to a bar. Brandon, who's, who's still listening, uh, there is actually a, t- a 2007 Weg poster. I think uh, whatever the the yeah, Herald yeah, Sun the poster. The, um, yeah, yep, yep. It actually exists, the Port Adelaide one. It's the yep. funniest thing uh, you'll ever see because you just because you you know you live in reality and you see that and you're just like oh no, oh man, what could have been? Uh, I remember seeing the um there was the West Coast one for 2015 and that looked incredible because they they released it yeah. the day before to be like oh here's how it would have looked and then that lost to Hawthorne was just it was just an extra kick in the guts for how good that would yeah. have looked. Yeah, just seeing the just seeing the way, just seeing the alternate reality. It's a glimpse into the parallel universe, isn't it? You're just like, oh, we, we are in the timeline. <laughs> but yeah, vintage 100% is the way to go, especially for yeah. current merchandise in the AFL. Yeah, yeah. it's a no-brainer, isn't it? And yeah, it just looks fantastic. If you're going out, you can you can wear it. You can wear it if you're going to like a you going to the. I don't know it's probably not a great thing to wear the clubs, but if you're going to go to a bar or something like that, you can probably wear it there. Or just you, going you out. Can. And out. Oh, that's right. You're you're pretty young, Spence. Um, back yeah, back when I, back when I turned eighteen, it was still button ups and dress shoes. Yeah. So, and nowadays, you can wear whatever. I remember being uh, not being allowed into a bar because I was wearing a Perth Glory jersey. That like, oh, it, it was wow. firstly, it was a nice vintage Perth Glory jersey, so oh, fashion. Yeah. Um, but this was at a time before they kind of accepted that as fashion. Now you can wear whatever the hell you want yeah, to a bar. For anyone for anyone trying to pick up chicks, maybe the retro merchandise isn't great. Also, yeah. try don't try not to introduce yourself as the ex moderator of the Footy Jumpers forum. That also doesn't work. Really, <laughs> I, 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 I'd be like, I should turn on. Wouldn't it? <laughs> that's, yeah, 
Luckily, they never actually know what you're talking about. That'd be the first thing I'd bring up. (laughs) (laughs) Is anyone got anything else to add on the merchandise side of things? Oh, all good. I'll I'll sum it up with one sentence. It's it's basic. Just more streetwear and more vintage fashion, and it's just easy money. Just, you're, just, you're, just any mass consideration to it, really. Just, just actually yeah. having a guy who who independently makes these things, and not just ISC will sort of just do the same thing for everyone. Generic, yeah. It, it's it's templatey, and it's like, well, and I'm pretty sure we touched on a lot on Port Adelaide's things. They're the stuff that we do off our own bat. I'm pretty sure the club does off its yeah, own. Yeah, it's bat. completely. Um, it yeah, should it should come from the manufacturers, but it doesn't. I assume that's a budgetary thing or whatever, but I don't work in the industry. But it's like I just wish they would make something cool. <laughs> that's all I want. Yeah, there's yeah. you've got seven. Like I would say, Port's one of the only clubs releasing cool stuff. There's 17 clubs that are just releasing, and this is the first point I made. The only people that would wear it outside of a game day are middle-aged dads. Yeah. And look, I love my middle-aged dads bits, but I with my, you know I want I want to wear something cool. Everyone wants to wear something cool. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm rapidly approaching middle-aged dad, so, um, yeah. You no already are a middle-aged dad. <laughs> see you out there with the polos. Yeah. yeah. Love my polo and my, uh, you know, 2007 members cap with uh, teal and white and no black on it. Oh, that sort of <laughs> that's gnarly. Uh, anyway, um, I'll, I'll move on to, a, to our last topic. Um, We've touched on it a bit before, um, and this is specifically, I guess, for everyone who's kind of involved in the competitions on the board. If you're not involved in the competitions and you're a lurker or you just like designing for fun, feel free to jump in the competitions. We'd love more people to be in there. Um, but, yeah, we've obviously got a, we've currently got one big competition going on at the moment, and we've got two upcoming. So I'll start with the Melbourne Suburban Football League, which is run by yourself, Adam. Yeah, um, sort of. A, I, I like my sort of a, a gimmicky com- uh, competitions, as people yep. know, if they uh, have been following the board. And um, this one sort of stemmed from. I'm sure most people, apart from Dean, have have had that thing where they've entered a competition thinking, "Yep, I'm really happy with what I'm entering." And then it gets to round one, and you see three or four entries that just blow yours out of the water, and it's you know, oh bugger, I'll, you know, and you sort of lose interest. So I won't find <laughs> that interest, and would also allow, would also allow people to. Um, sort of improve and, and sort of target people as they were going instead of always sort of being in competition behind. So um, I, I think it's gone really well so far and we've seen a, a few people uh, significantly improve their entries or, or change things that they tried that weren't working um, and, and get some good results from that. So I've been really in, in, encouraged by what I've seen so far. Uh, and I, I sort of find myself cheering against the top teams because I sort of want to. <laughs> of course. And that's you, obviously you at the moment, Dean. I, I sort of want the top teams to lose so that those designers to go, I need to do something to to improve. And, you know, ideally you'd, you'd want someone coming from nowhere uh, to, to really sort of shake up the competition and hopefully do do something in the finals to really make the likes of yourself and Fancy Scum, um, you know, be pushed to their limit and, and feel like they have to do more than they're, they're doing at the moment. So, yeah, I've been it- it was a great concept when you brought it up. I remember you mentioning it, you know, the plan to let people change their entry every round. And I was like, wow, because yeah, it's not, not something that's been done before. And it was, it, it is a bit the sort of like that, that World Cup comp that was the, the, the championship belt competition that we had. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the old. Um, it's World a kind of evolution of that. Yeah, I think it's yeah, a good idea. Good. It's a good idea. If you, you yeah. take advantage of it for um, 
individual matchups. So I reckon it's a cool, mm. a cool thing to think about if you have a time, obviously. Yeah, I, I do actually have um, for anyone listening who is following along. I I forgot to submit my new entry for. Uh, I was supposed to take on Fancy, and it's working for me so far. I, I think I've got a, I'm winning by one vote. But um, yeah, there is a new there is a new Armadillo's Guernsey on the way. I did so. vote against you this round. So. That's all good. I respect that completely. <laughs> I, I I think I said I said it to you guys before. I have no idea how I'm winning because Brighton's Guernsey, and um, there are t- two of my favourite Guernseys. Uh, Firstly, fancy with Brighton, which blew me out of the water, and the other one was um, Spencer's the the Echidnas. Everything about it works so well, and this goes back to our talk about gimmicks before. Everything works with the Echidna gimmick. It's it's got that spiky element on the Guernsey. Yeah. It's got Absolutely. this prickly Moses. Oh, we didn't talk about this before. Sponsors are everything. Look at good sponsors. Yeah, that prickly cool. Moses one is perfect. That that's how don't, it's great. Don't do what Adam did. Though. Don't do what El Scorcher did. Though. Wag Waghorns. I, wanna, I don't want to have yeah, my, whole, my whole entire name plastered on a, a <laughs> fantasy football jersey. Probably not I was great. Trying to achieve it's a great. little bit. I had this. Uh, I had this. <laughs> I, I found some local butcher in um, in Bentley where I was basing my team, and then that person would just be mindlessly googling themselves or scrolling through Big Footy, and they'd see a random footy jersey that they know nothing about with their sponsor logo on the back. So I thought, yeah. I'll skip that and just do ones I've made up myself. And unfortunately, that's where the, uh, the Waghorns butcher, as a butcher, I think, yeah, that's where that came from. That's me. I'm a butcher. Great. Can't be helped. That's my, that's <laughs> my uh, profession. Perfect. Um, yeah, any, yeah, anyone got anything else to add on the MSFL? I just, yeah, it's definitely think it's the way forward for competitions because, like, personally, I get a little bit, um, I wouldn't say bored, but, like, once you've seen all the jumpers a couple of times, you know, you just can't be bothered going to vote on the games, well, at least for me, like, Look, for yeah, some of the old com- other competitions. Yeah, I agree with that because, I, I, mm. honestly, I, I, I'm probably a bad example here, but I don't, I don't uh view the the board as much as i might have used to um so I'll, I'll check in every few games and do a vote but um i i just just looking at the same stuff and especially because you know we have like 20 people entering each competition isn't it yeah yeah uh, it's a bit of a slog to go up and down and up and down and, and yeah that's know. true but i do think having something interesting and different to look at each week is a good is a good thing yeah yes. exactly that's what because think about NAFL that's adapting this year yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll get to that one um, shortly. Before we get to NAFL, though, um, I'll t- touch on the on the next upcoming major competition. Um, I, I don't know if you guys agree. I, I see there being three major comps on this board, and that's FIRA, NAFL, and Can-Am. I, th- I, th- I see it like the Grand Slam almost in tennis. Yeah. You've got three majors. Those are the three majors, in my Four. opinion. Yeah. And obviously we got, we got, um, we got Can-Am coming up. And that's uh, the one run by Craigus, of course. He does a great job every year. Keep, I, I, I think he does a great job keeping with that American aesthetic. And, uh, yeah, I, how's everyone going with that? I, I, uh, look, I've I been working on a template. I don't know if I'll enter, enter it this year. Um, I, I'm a bit, you know, starved for time at, at, at points. So if really? It'll be, yes, uh, surprisingly. Um <laughs> I, I might not be able to get an entry, but I might. Yeah. Um, it, it could be fun. 
Um, but it's it's such a it's such a fun league because Craig has put sort of uh, he puts so much effort into the the sort Absolutely. of the kayfabe the, uh, the sort yeah of, exactly yeah the the sort of the, the lore of the league and he, he puts yeah. a lot into it so it's fun to follow um, obviously but I like I like what you can do with it especially sort of you're basically trying to make a football jumper into a, a basketball jersey oh, I think that's the main sort of inspiration. Yes, it, Exactly. Yeah, what, that, what are they doing in baseball and what are they doing in basketball? NFL, not so much because it's a big slab of a number, but you just want to yeah. get a good word mark. That's all That's all it takes for me. Like a, a cool word mark is just a winner. Yeah, I, I completely agree, and that's sort of what I, I look for. I've, I've gone back to Indiana this year and I've updated my script word marks. Yep. I'm hoping that's popular, but you just sort of want to hit on those, um, those sort of North American sport tropes, like, your, you know, your block fonts. Um, American flags and stuff like that, just just little things that are everywhere if you follow American sports design, um, and that you can sort of work it into a footy game. You know, I'm similar to you guys, where I'm sort of looking at a combination of a, a baseball and a basketball um, yep. jersey, that, but neither of those things really fit nicely into an AFL jersey. So you have to sort of um, see where you're going to cut corners and see what you know how you're going to work it together. So it's, I always want to. Yeah. In competition to design yep. for and very different from the other ones which are obviously much more traditional footy guernsey based i'm, I'm almost yeah, that, wiping that wiping all the footy guernsey traditions off the off to the side and doing something that's that's completely different which is always a lot of fun absolutely that's what i love about can and um and if you're listening craig just keep it up it's i, I know we had that t- that time where we did the south park entries <laughs> whatever it was but um <laughs> Great, great, great vibes. Um, long time ago. Yeah. Exactly, long time ago. Um, it, it's such a challenge because, like, every other competition that's a footy jumper, you're designing a footy jumper. This is about, so, um, like, taking a footy jumper and most of the time not designing a footy jumper. Now, this year I've changed it up because I've done, you know, I've had Miami Vice for the last four or five years, whatever it was, and... It was cool when I first did it, and then Miami Heat actually started doing it in real life, and I was like, ah, there goes the originality of it. Um, so I've gone with a whole new thing, but I'll, this is the first year I'm not actually going with a word mark, so I'm kind of curious to see how that goes. Hopefully it goes well. Um, I, I, you guys have all seen my design. I'm pretty chuffed with um, how it's turned out, Like, I've, and this goes back to taking a gimmick, so spoilers um, for anyone. I'm not going to show you the design yet, but... I've tried to take the mo- you know, the handlebars of a motorcycle and turn it into, into a motif for a Guernsey design. So I, I'm, I hope it turns out well. Um, yeah, it's but really excited to see what everyone produces. It's always a great competition. Um, anyone got anything else to add on Canam? Yeah, we'd just say it's the most challenging of all the big three. I would say definitely. Just, yeah, the white home jumper as well is also a big one that I struggle with. Personally. Exactly that. That we I, we didn't touch on that, but yeah. Um, and, and it's a great part of it. At first, I hated it, but now I'm like, all right, this is a cool challenge. Yeah. Is, because like white little... white Guernseys typically don't get votes. Like that's that's straight up. That's the reality of it. Yeah. So to then try and design a white Guernsey that gets votes, it, it's a great challenge. And if you haven't entered already, because I don't think there's too many people that have entered, and you're looking to improve your design skills and try and broaden your range. I would highly recommend it. It's such a rewarding competition, and you can really come out with something that you're pretty proud of. I think. Anyway, yeah, I agree um, with that. Yep. Yeah. I'll I'll move on to our last thing. Um, this is the last thing of the last thing. Um, uh, as most of you probably know, I took over from E92 as the 
chairperson, the runner of NAFL, N-A-F-L, however you want to call it. Shout out to another real one, E92. Shout, exactly. Shout out to the OG E92. I, I hope he re-enters this season. And I say that because, um, and most people would be aware, there are some really big changes coming for this season. And it actually kind of works with the narrative of, you know, the global situation with COVID-19 at the moment. Um, it's not going to be, you know, we've, we've had it in the past where you've got NAFL and then you've got NAFL reserves. And my concern with that, and I've noticed it with whoever's had to run NAFL reserves the past couple of years, it was myself, then it was um, Peyton, Bacon Warrior, and then it was Barry Brand. The problem with running it is it becomes such a grind because no one cares. No one cares after the fifth round. Like, people stop voting and it's you just... And you still have to put in that same level of effort that NAFL does. You're still doing this, you know, 18-round competition. And it also creates a, a divide. It's almost like people who can't get past NAFL reserves or people who have, you know, finished third or fourth or fifth or whatever. And they're like, oh, where's, where's, the, where's the incentive? So... Um, I guess this is a big announcement. I don't, think, I don't know if there's too much else to discuss on NAFL, but the big announcement is that reserves is gone. Um, it's going to be a big competition. Everyone's allowed to enter. And the other big thing for this is that everyone is allowed to enter two different entries because the other big problem, and I, um, especially Spencer and Adam, you guys are pretty committed to your franchises with Alice Springs and Wakato respectively, yeah. It makes and me with Perth Boomers, although that's gone this season. Um, regardless, it's you, you become tied to a brand because that's a big part of NAFA, right? That's a big part of all right. You know, teams that have existing heritage almost they do better. And uh-huh. you and I really want to encourage people to start to you know leave their comfort zone design wise, and I want to see some brand new um, franchises and brand new concepts coming to light. So. Yeah, um, in my in my head, I don't know how many people will actually enter. I hope, kind of hope for a 64-team competition or something in that ballpark, and I'll probably do it where I'm posting rounds every night. Um, it'll get split, I guess, ideally into, like, fours, where you get around every four nights or something like that, if that makes sense. Like, the like, I'll put it into a fixture generator and then just divide it by four, and it'll kind of be like the NBA, where there's new games every night, and that should also kind of keep things interesting with NAFL. Um with the two teams, there'll be, you know, you'll only have to design three Guernseys instead of five or six or whatever it was at some point. You know, you've got a home, um, and this is the other big one, contrasting away. I'm not having um, issues where I've ha- that I've had in the past where people don't submit a contrasting away, and then it becomes a challenge for me to actually fixture it up and, deci- you know, I'm stuck deciding what Guernsey I have to pick because in a lot of cases last season especially... I was deciding essentially if a team was going to win or lose, and that's that's the reality of it. Like it was like this is a winning Guernsey, this is a losing Guernsey, and I've got to pick the losing one for them because that's that's the contrast. So yeah, and then it's just going to be heritage round as always because everyone loves the heritage. Um, yeah, got to keep it. Exactly. I don't have too much else to add. Um, I'll probably be putting the NAFL thread up, like the base thread, when Canam goes up because I'll you know want to give Craig his breathing room to set up that competition and. Yeah. Um, obviously, we got Adam. You've won NAFL before. What are your What are your plans for this season? Uh, well, I was looking at uh, actually dropping the Tigers uh, before uh, I found out we were able to have two teams. Um, yeah. And it's, this would be my eighth year designing for them. And while I between you know a red a red based team to a black based team and back and forth a little bit, you do get yep. a little bit stuck designing 
you know, I've changed logos. You get a little bit stuck trying to design for the same team and just do mm-hmm. different things to keep it interesting. So for the sort of freshness myself, I was I was tossing up as to whether to start a new team, knowing that I'd be throwing away that sort of seven years of history, which is may as well be 100 years in, in AFL years, um, NAFL years. It, it's yeah, a massive yeah, 100%. I know what you mean. Throwing yep. away that sort of brand equity that the likes of, you know, the um, Wellington have, have built up and the likes of, uh, you know, the Boomers and, and that sort of thing. There's, there's plenty of teams that have been around for a long time. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep them now that I can sort of have my cake and eat it too. Um, and I will announce that my second team uh, are going to be called the Sydney Australians, if that bit is accepted. Uh, yeah, with a, yeah, yeah, 100%, man. That's all good. With a with a sort of a, um, you know, like a lot of the American teams do their, you know, uh, sort of a very patriotic yeah. type vibe. I'll be trying to sort of capture that. Uh, in a in a footy team with a what a what a time what a time to be yeah. a nationalist thing as well. <laughs> All the white supremacists are gonna love your team. Very, uh, <laughs> I've tended very much lean left, so I'm very conscious of uh, what nationalism means, and uh, yeah. and I'm probably steering away from the uh, the sort of nationalist type stuff, and just to just sort of sort of an Australian aesthetic. Um, hopefully, uh, people don't take it um, in a, in a non as long as it's fair income, you'll be all right. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> True, blue. Means to you. True blue. True blue. All right. Um, I'll, I'll move to Dylan next. You obviously, you know, grand finalist two seasons ago, and I'm very sorry about that. I, I, I think that was the chance. For, uh, like, uh, I, I really yeah, think what you, are you guys should do, have hey? won that one. Yeah. You know, it, can't, it can't hurt if, if something... Something as good as me, obviously one of the greatest ever in history. Many people say that the greatest designers, <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, veering away from that Melbourne thing and just doing something a bit uh, St Kilda based, uh, yep. which is where I, where I live, and um, I just I just love the area and I think it's sort of in terms of like the St Kilda football club. So much aesthetic in, to work in, with. In reality, sort of doesn't work with it as much. Obviously, they're not actually based in St Kilda, but there is a kind of a lot to draw from. Um, and I think I'm sort of going to work with that a bit. You know, the sort of, you can kind of make St Kilda a bit of a, a Miami type thing. And that's the kind of, that's the kind of direction I think I want to explore with it. Hopefully, hopefully I find the time to, um, to actually sort of make something nice. That's what I'm going for. Something that'll, uh, have a bit of a premiership assault. That's my that's my aim this season, as it always is, I guess. Excellent. And uh, yourself, Spencer? Yeah, so I think this is going to be, I think it's either the, the sixth or the seventh season for Alice Springs. So as, um, as Scorch was saying, um, yeah, it's definitely hard to sort of build upon the identity when you've done it so many times. So I don't know, I'm still thinking about possibly relocating Alice Springs I've been kind of toying that up for the last couple of seasons but now with the second team not really sure what I'm going to do but yeah as I've discussed with you Dean uh, definitely considering giving Alice Springs more of like the we're going to tie more into the Pirates sort of theme because as you said to me it's definitely certain like an untapped sort of creative lineage I suppose that I can like go into this season because I haven't really gone into it so far. I've really just been um, just rehashing the chevrons every season and doing them in a different sort of way. That's kind of been our thing. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what I come up with. I don't really have anything, any ideas yet, but I'm sure I'll come up with something before, before it's due. 
Yeah, it should be um really good. I'm excited to see you explore more of that Pirates aesthetic as well. There's um, yeah. definitely a lot to work with there that, as we discussed, um, maybe hasn't quite been touched on yet. And the other thing that you probably start like you you touched on last season um, was probably the the Mad Max kind of vibe you can go with with Alice Springs as well because it's it's perfect. It's essentially Central Australian pirates. Like there's yeah, so much exactly. to there. It's pretty no, ludicrous. Um, <laughs> yeah, really excited to see what you come up with. Um, anything else anyone wants to add in terms of the competitions or anything like that, or what they're planning with designs? No, that's a strong no. Silent speech. Yeah, I think we've covered enough, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. I think this episode's gone a little bit longer than I had expected, but that's all right. Um, it's not another two-hour slog, at least. We've kind of gone like one hour thirty, I think. Anyway, um, um, yeah, I guess that just about wraps things up for tonight's episode. Um, yeah, well, it's have... fun, guys. Very appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, thanks so much to all three of you for taking your time tonight and um, obviously being a part of the episode. It's been great to have you guys on. I hope this acts as a good resource for some of the up-and-coming designers who, you know, are looking to develop their designs. You've got three guys here who have – four guys who have won competitions and I I hope what we've discussed tonight um, can help. Even the stuff that was outside of the – you know, even the stuff that was outside of talking about how to design things, you kind of get an idea of what our attitude is towards design. So I, I hope there's something to take away there. Um, and thank you to everyone who has listened. It's obviously, you know, without you guys, it's just four grown men rambling about pretty colors and patterns on clothes. So, um, <laughs> exactly yeah, right. that's, yep. yeah that, that's, that's the niche of our forum. Um, Anyway, if you guys have any questions or comments, feel free to leave them in the thread. Um, this will eventually be posted in. And it, as I've mentioned before, if you ever have any questions design-wise, uh, my inbox is always open, as is everyone's inbox, because they're never closed, to my knowledge. But, uh, yeah, you can message any of any of the guys really on the forum, and we'll always be able to help you out. That's what it's about. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a community. We, we yeah, what it's, a, it's, a, it's a communal, it's a, it's, a, it's a fun thing we do as a hobby. So if you're struggling with something or inspiration or technical skills, just hit us up. It's fine. Absolutely, yeah. We'll get around Absolutely. to it. Yeah. Um, anyway, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. It's been my pleasure. I hope you guys have, you know, tolerated me as a host. It's been a, a strange and new experience. Um, but I hope everyone enjoyed the episode, and I hope to see you all. You hear me next time. See you next time. I don't know. Do, do they see me next time? Um, anyway, is there going to be a next time? There will be a next time. There will, uh, there will right. definitely be a next time. All right. any luck. Anyway, uh, too easy. Thanks very much, guys. And yeah, to next time. Thanks, mate. See you later. Thanks, guys.